0: Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape. Get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator. Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. I'm producer and host, Bonnie D. Graham. Very happy to be here. We've got another hot topic for you, digital vehicle hub. Can't wait to hear what that is, and vehicle management services. Today, I'll be speaking with Tom Madonna. We're recording the video. Tom, wave hello. There we go. He is still the industry executive advisor for automotive at SAP, and we're welcoming a newcomer to Automotive Insiders, Bill Veltri. Bill, you can wave hello. He holds an MBA, and he is an IBM associate partner and SAP leader, get this everybody, for the automotive, aerospace, and defense industries with particular focus on automotive OEMs, distributors, suppliers, and dealers. I challenge you to fit that on an old-fashioned paper business card. <laughs> Bill, we would run out of room on that card. Bill, welcome so much. Let's just do quick introductions here. Tom Madonna, we're down to 3.42 people who don't remember who you are. Talk to them and remind them who you are. Tom Madonna. Hi
2: Bonnie, thanks and uh, also thanks to the viewership. Tom um, Adon industry executive Advisor from SAP. Uh, Bill Newman and myself uh, split all of uh, automotive North America. Uh, so what does that basically mean? Um, we're responsible for helping our clients uh, look at the, the business value and getting that out of the technology and how they would implement. So ultimately uh, we're here in the customer innovation office and ultimately responsible for their success.
1: Thank you very much. Their success is everybody's success. Bill Veltri, welcome. You're talking to our audience, our viewers, our listeners who don't know you in this venue. So please tell us who are you? How did you get to have so many words of automotive in the title of your long title? Bill, welcome. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. It's great to be here. Um, Yeah. So my focus is around the automotive uh, industry as well as aerospace and defense. But within automotive, you know, we look at it holistically here at IBM, and my focus is is to do that right. We tend to. I find when I'm in, in conversations, you say automotive and people immediately think manufacturing, um, but it's more than that, right? We've got distribution, you've got logistics, you've got dealers, you got suppliers. So it's really being, um, you know, true and whole to, to that entire
1: ecosystem. Thank you very much. I'm going to quickly ask you, we've heard Tom's story so many times. We all know it by heart. I think we do anyway. Bill, first of all, what was your first car? Do you remember it? Make model year color any stories you're allowed to share with us and how did you get into the automotive field? Go ahead, Bill.
3: Yeah, sure. So my first car uh, was a 1980 Buick Regal. It was uh, mostly light blue uh, because it was you know it wasn't new <laughs> when I got it. Um, and uh, you know getting involved in, in cars, my dad was a bit of a gearhead right He had a 1965 GTO that supposedly when I was two years old, I used to love to shift and apparently broke the shifter. Um, But he also instilled that in me in terms of having to do my own maintenance on the car. So, you know, that 1980 Buick Regal didn't come without a price, you know, changing rotors in the middle of February in uh, cold New York um, was definitely memorable. My hand still hurts sometimes. So, yeah. And then, uh, you know, with respect to my professional career, um, you know, about, I've been doing manufacturing almost my whole career. I was working with some, uh, some aerospace companies in the manufacturing side. And then there were some opportunities to work with, uh, uh, a truck manufacturer here in the United States and certainly got involved with them. That was about six years ago. So since then I've been focused largely on automotive.
1: Thank you very much. And thanks for the memories of the car. My dad had a, uh, let's see, it was a Buick Electra 225. Does anybody, Tom, you remember that one? It was the size of a boat. It was like a yacht, and his was midnight blue, and I remember my parents took a trip to, I think, Asia. Uh, They took a vacation trip to Japan, and they let me, I was old enough, and they let me drive the car and take it back and forth to school, Bill, at Bayside High School, and I got to pick up a few of my select friends, very select, to sit in my dad's car and pulled up with this dark blue boat in front of the school and found a parking space, and it felt so grown up. I'm sorry. It was just a, a (laughs) those were gorgeous cars back in the day before all about eight, 18 and a half uh, feet long the, so. and, and it was a car it was a, a vehicle it was hardware on wheels it wasn't a computer it looked good on wheels. It was a whole different era, but I digress. Tom Madonna, let's get started with our topic for today. Important. You say automotive industry is moving into new methods of transacting and new business models. Digital vehicle hub. That's what we want to talk about. Vehicle management system is a new container for supporting those models. Can you unpack that? What does that mean, Tom Madonna? Sure.
2: Uh, so so you might have Sebastian on, on a call previously and he kind of did a, a little conversation around what the digital vehicle hub was but in general it's our digital twin in the, in the cloud so it's the ability for the OEMs let it be the truck manufacturer the light passenger even the platform manufacturers to put their build model up into the cloud after it's being uh, basically uh, ready for production after it's crossed that dotted line Um if they're actually tracking the the VIN through the production processes, they're usually doing those within vehicle management systems. And then like I said, once they they cross that dotted line, they move to Digital Vehicle Hub. This gives you and gives everyone uh, the consumer, it gives the uh, service providers, the retailers, uh, anybody to basically use, let it be telemax data, let it be uh, charging, let it be execution services, a, a way to do that and, and an ability to share that data. What's happened in the past is that's been a a one-off or a point solution that uh, has had to be shared and or built. And what we've done with this piece of technology is basically to be able to support all those different business models with that in the cloud. And so as we start to talk about it, the sky's the limit. You know, Would it be uh, you want to worry about a new charging structure or a, a, a new service? Uh, You want to basically look at how customer pay and and warranty information is being updated, but it gives the ability both to transact against the the vehicle and the OEM to get that information and pass that information back. I think the next thing might also be how you transmit your your over-the-air updates. So there's gonna be a lot of use for this. Um, It's very much uh, an engineering um, bill of material execution. So it gives the opportunity for engineering and R&D to get involved. Uh, quality to get involved and as well as the the dealerships and the third parties
1: Thank you very interesting Bill Veltry love to get your thoughts on this digital hub what do we see
2: yeah
3: this is um, th- this is evolving for sure the um, you know as I've mentioned across the ecosystem as, as clients are looking to you know uh, figure out how to offer more services to their end customers. You know, this has been a great mechanism to to provide that visibility and expose that data out there so it can be used and processed, right? So, so that, that knowledge is just enabling um, service. It's providing feedback. It's providing uh, insights uh, that we didn't really have before uh, to, to our clients.
1: Thank you very much. And when you say clients, you're talking big companies around the world. Uh, how, how, how vast is that list without getting into specifics, Bill? What are we talking about?
3: Yeah, I mean it's 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 the OEM community, it's the distributors, it's the dealers, it's 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 everybody um, throughout the entire uh, ecosystem.
1: Thank you very much, Bill. I'm going to go to one of your topics here. You have a very uh, very provocative statement here. You sent me. You say when thinking about automotive industry, the distributors and dealers are often overlooked. Most people focus on manufacturing and supply chain processes, moving vehicles from the manufacturing location to the distributor, accessing those vehicles, accessorizing the vehicles, moving to the right dealers at the right time is an important part of the vehicle supply chain. So let's talk about the overlooked people, the, the <laughs> folks of that hub. How do how do we get them to be not overlooked or is are they coming into their own featured spotlight right now? Bill?
3: Yeah, I think I think we're seeing it kind of come into their own right now. There's a big, um, you know, uh, emphasis as 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 the the entire automotive industry is evolving. As we've you know been talking about it, and I'm sure you've been talking about it on multiple sessions before this. But you know, we're, we're at that kind of inflection point and reinventing the industry. And so these the distributors and the dealers are trying to figure out, you know, how do I add more value to that process? Um, so there's there's a transformation that's occurring from you know the current systems that they have, which really just aren't nimble enough to help adapt to the to the future, and so they're looking to to address that uh, with solutions like a digital vehicle hub and, and vehicle management systems.
1: Thank you very much, Tom. Comments on what Bill just shared?
2: I think he's I think he's spot on. I think one of the things you see is uh, if you just look at you know pick up the auto news um, today. You pick it up last week. Um, consolidations in the dealer structure and the third party retailer structure is continuing and, and we're not talking about you know mom and pop two store three store we're talking about mega consortiums now within the dealership community you know 20 twenty billion dollar companies and and what these companies are starting to do and ask for all the way up the chain is give me information about the, the vehicles i'm selling irrespective of brand give me the ability to service that, warranty it, interact it, do parts ownership, and and be proactive in such that uh, I can run my business on a nimble basis. I want to be able to close my books on on a nightly basis. I want to understand the cash position of those stores. To date, that hasn't been there. It's been a situation where um, the mom and pop, you know, if they close the, the books at the end of the month and they got it to you know, roll up two weeks, four weeks later, you know, great, so be it. You're still making money. Uh, you're still buying uh, you know, those structures. You're, you're running your floor plan. Today, as those consortiums are doing business, nimble, reactive execution is something they're looking for. And so uh, these larger corporations are going to be asking for more information. And what are they going to do with that information and how they're going to basically service that customer? is how they are gonna make more money.
1: Interesting, very interesting. Bill, anything you wanna say back to Tom before I move on to another topic?
2: Um, yeah,
3: I think the, the I mean, it, it's just gonna explode. It's gonna to continue to grow. I mean, I've got one client in particular, they're, they're processing 270,000 cars a year. They're looking to move that to 350,000. And again, that underlying infrastructure and technology is what th- that's helping them driving to do that. So I totally agree with Tom.
1: Thank you. Let's talk briefly, we have a few minutes left. Let's talk briefly about data, Tom. Data, data, data. How much is needed? How much is wanted? But a topic we've been talking about for years, Tom, on a show. I used to host for SAP. It used to be called the future of cars with Game Changers. Now it's the future of mobility and manufacturing. And we used to talk about data. Who owns the data in the car, transmitted from the car to where else? You talked about information is knowledge. Information is money right now. Who decides how much data? Is everything we say in the car being recorded, transport, transmitted somewhere? Is, what's the privacy? It's, it's a huge topic, and we don't have time to, to do a whole, basically, a white paper on it. But, Tom, what's your thought about where we're going with data in vehicles? And then Bill will get your response. Go ahead, Tom.
2: So right now, data, you know, you're, you're looking at a million transactions every hour coming out of a vehicle. Today, 15% of that, information, of that data is consumed in, in, in regards to information. Let it be how hot the vehicle is, what the protective protect maintenance is going to be, what's actually breaking, what's actually showing as, as warning signs on the bus execution. Interesting enough, today that data is owned by the OEM. Question is, does the consumer want that? When you're signing away that information, you're signing away a lot of things. You know, you're know, you signing away your ability to drive insurance rates. You're signing away your inability to basically maintain your vehicle. You're, you're signing away the way you drive. Uh, the habits, the places you go, et cetera. So as we start to see that, you start to see things coming out of Europe, you're seeing things coming out of you know, California, You know, the data privacy laws uh, are not set yet. This is something that's gonna basically transpire over this administration and most likely going into the next administration. And ultimately who owns that data, how that data is being used and the execution is gonna be pivotal. But one thing we do know, it's not going down. As these vehicles become technology centers, they become the new mobile phone. There are going to be more and more pieces of that data with more and more uses. And how that particular data is being monetized, who's being paid, who's not being paid for it, is really going to be something that the customer needs to take more of of an active look at. Because at this point in time, legislation is going to come. And if we're not basically trying to drive that legislation, it's going to be do it to us versus do it for us. You know, at this point in time, the data is great. The data is going to be used. R&D needs it. Engineering needs it. The the service providers need it. But at what price and at what ability of privacy?
1: Thank you very much. Bill Veltri, your thoughts on data? You can get into privacy if you want, but who owns it? Who gets it? Who needs it? Big topic. A few minutes. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's a huge topic. And, you know, there's there's the regulatory requirements. Um, you know, OEMs need to keep history on vehicles for 25 years. Um, and just, just so they can even service that, right? Cars are on the road a bit longer these days. And so you got to be able to go back and service that vehicle. So having that information about that vehicle once it's manufactured, once it's accessorized, and once it's put out there into the public, um, you know, we've got to be able to keep that about those models and those VINs. Uh, with respect to you know what we're seeing with uh, electrification and with IoT inside the vehicles and these millions of transactions that we're, we're getting, we're just starting to tap on how that gets utilized and monetized at the end of the day, right? I mean, think about it. If I could have something pop up on my, yeah, it would have been great. Actually, I water pump went out in my car the other day. Um, <laughs> it would have been nice to have known some alert got sent off to me and to my dealer so I could have quickly uh, addressed it versus uh, what actually occurred. But, Nonetheless, that type of information, it, it needs to be capitalized on. And, and we're st- we're starting to see that trend more and more um, as well.
1: You mean, Bill, your car didn't say to you, Mr. Veltri, we've got an appointment for you at exit 42A. Pull off to the right. Bob, <laughs> the serviceman is waiting for you. There's a McDonald's next door. We know you like your hamburger with pickles and relish. Everything is ready. Your Apple pay took care of it. We'll have you back on the road in 42 minutes. The part is waiting for you. Thank you, Mr. Veltri. Not that would yet. have been Nirvana. Wouldn't, wouldn't <laughs> that have been? Yes, yes, we hope yeah. so. We have just enough time for predictions. If we met again one year from today, would we still be saying the same things on the same topics? Tom Madonna, you're first. You've got one minute for predictions. Go ahead, Tom. So I think, you know, part of
2: that is is also, you know, I'll, I'll kind of start with what you ended with into the prediction. Part of that's, interesting because my wife uh my son actually totaled uh, uh, my wife's vehicle uh at the beginning of of october uh it sat in the parking lot for eight days with uh the uh app saying the car was perfectly fine but it had a low tire to the point in time it got put on the back of a of a trailer and it said oops your car may have been in a wreck um so ultimately you know, when the data comes out, where it's going to go to, who it's going to be used, and how it's actually going to be transmitted is, is interesting because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I think the prediction a year from now is how have we moved the needle? How are those services been amplified? How has the consumer uh, looked at and liked and uh, expressed interest in those types of services that now have become more mainstay? And ultimately that's only going to be the beginning. I, I think at this point in time, between now and five, even on 30, you're going to see things that today we don't even think about as a service become a service. You know, at this point, uh, you know, driving up and having the car talk to the gas pump to pump your gas is one thing. Car driving up to elect, you know, a, a electric charging station and it, knowing the car is there is one thing. But what happens when the car basically starts talking to the refrigerator? Then we really have a situation.
1: (laughs) Well, what happens when the refrigerator says, Tom's car, remind him or just forget about him, go to the nearest stop and shop. We need two half gallons of one. Yeah, exactly. We need that. And by the way, Tom, when I totaled my car and wasn't aware of it, I was still alive. All it said on the dash was check tire pressure. Same exact thing. Yes, impaled on a guardrail, but everything's fine. Bill Veltry, prediction, one minute. What do you see?
3: Yeah. So I don't think a year from now is going to be quite enough for us to move the needle. I, I think it's more the 2025 time frame We'll start to see a lot more. It's really driven by this electrification and getting to that uh, mass production of vehicles. And as we make that shift, we'll start to see more electric vehicles than, than internal combustion vehicles, right? We're, we're going to get there and it's not too far away. So um, I don't think in a year it'll be very different, but I, people are moving in that direction. 2025 is where we're, we'll be hitting the ground running.
1: Then we'll have to talk again in 2025. It's a date, well, Bill, I, Bill Veltry.
3: I'll put it on my calendar. Hopefully we talk sooner, Bonnie.
1: I hope so too. Tom and Donna, thank you. Always a pleasure. Bill Veltry, what a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for sharing your insights. And thank you to IBM for facilitating this. A shout out to Drew Rhodes at OESA, our showrunner. I'm Bonnie DeGram, signing off for another very interesting episode of Automotive Insiders presented by OESA. Everybody wave. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.